It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube. A trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk I'm Barry O'Mahdi. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine has welcomed the recommendation regarding the continuation of the National Reserve in 2021. So what does it mean and what kind of reaction has it been getting? The agribusiness sector is being invited to apply for supports available under the government's COVID credit guarantee scheme. The Tagus Grass 10 campaign report's been issued. Its release coincided with the Grass on Farmer of the Year awards, which proved to be very successful for Cork entrants. The annual National Tagus Sheep Conference is going virtual this year and we'll find out how it'll be rolled out. And we discuss a number of topics around the fast approaching spring calving season. Farm Talk's John O'Connor will also look at stories making the agri news this week. Following consultation between the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine and the Direct Payments Advisory Committee, comprising members of the main farming bodies and agricultural advisory services, provision will now be made for applications to the National Reserve in 2021. The European Union regulations underpinning the operation of the National Reserve provide for priority access to the mandatory categories of young farmer and new entrance to farming. Successful applicants to the National Reserve receive an allocation of entitlements at national average value or a top-up to the national average value on entitlements which are below the national average. Speaking following the agreement of the Direct Payments Advisory Committee, Minister McConlogue said he welcomed the agreement reached by the group in terms of funding for the National Reserve. He said the securing of the National Reserve for 2021 was a very important step in supporting the most productive and ambitious farmers in the country. Giving priority access to young farmers and new entrants ensures we are continuing to support and encourage generational renewal in our sector. Full details of the operation of the scheme, including terms and conditions, will be available when the scheme opens for online applications in February 2021. It will coincide with the opening of the online BPS Basic Payment Scheme applications and the closing date for receipt of applications under the scheme will be 17th of May 2021. While the detailed terms and conditions of the National Reserve for 2021 will be made available when the scheme's launch for online applications in February, it's expected that the terms and conditions will be consistent with those which applied in recent years. Further information is required from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, www.agriculture.gov.ie or 01 607 2802. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. 
ICMSA has welcomed the announcement on the 2021 National Reserve and Convergence. The association describes it as a welcome and laudable ambition on behalf of the department to encourage young people to consider farming as a career within an ever-changing agriculture sector. Deputy President of the ICMSA, Lorcan McCabe, confirmed that Convergence will not apply for 2021 and most likely 2022 as well, but that has yet to be confirmed. The break in Convergence is a relief to farmers on higher average entitlement but low overall payments who've suffered considerable losses under Convergence. Mochrin de said it was confirmed a 2.05% cut is to be applied to all Pillar 1 payments, including BPS and Young Farmer Scheme payments. The Young Farmer National Reserve will be funded by a projected unused allocation under the YFS rather than a linear cut to BPS. MACRA President Thomas Duffy says the decision to fund the reserve is welcome, but the overall allocation to young farmers is down and must be matched by increased supports in Pillar 2. Irish Farmers Journal reports this week that Kerry Co-op is on the brink of a €480 million joint venture with Kerry Group PLC. If it goes ahead, it would be one of the largest corporate transactions in Ireland and would see Kerry farmers assume control of their milk processing assets once again. Non-milk suppliers who are shareholders would be offered a special deal to allow them swap their old co-op shares for new shares in Kerry Group under a capital gains tax arrangement supported by revenue. Irish Farmers Journal reports the final stages were being poured over at a board meeting of Kerry Co-op on Wednesday. Lorcan Allen, agribusiness editor of the Irish Farmers Journal, has been following the story. It looks um, like like Kerry Co-op, um, this kind of heritage entity that would have been the original foundation of Kerry Group. Um, and it's still very much alive today, but more as an investment thing that is kind of owned by farmers and some people who are... Um, formerly farmers, retired farmers, relations of farmers, and some outside investors as well. Um, but it looks like Kerry Co-op now is on the brink of tabling a, an official offer to, to Kerry Group PLC of $480 million for their dairy business. And, you know, that'll be one of the largest corporate transactions in Ireland if it goes ahead. These negotiations have been going on for over a year now between Kerry Group and Kerry Co-op. Um, the background of it is there was a kind of a a kind of a, a dispute between milk suppliers and Kerry and Kerry Group over um, milk pricing and that kind of thing. And it led to this sort of triggered these negotiations with Kerry Group kind of putting on the table the option for farmers to buy a 60% um, stake in this dairy business that they have. Um, and like the, the whole business is valued at 800 million farmers are being offered uh, 60% stake in it. So they're putting up 480 million. Kerry's primary dairy business, essentially, they, they have three dairy processing sites uh, here in Ireland. You have Listole, uh, Newmarket and Charleville. Um, and they also this also business also includes a dairy spreads business over in the UK and Austin and West Yorkshire. Um, it's thought that this business is basically a 1.2 billion turnover business. It has profits of 80 to 100 million euros a year. Um, it's a very large scale business. It's processing about 1.2 billion litres of milk a year, which makes it one of the big four dairy companies in, in Ireland up there along with along with Lakeland, Columbia and, and Dairy Gold. And importantly, I suppose from what products it makes, it's a very diverse business. It makes everything from your butter, cheddar uh, to a you know range of specialized proteins. And it has a big branded business as well. Butter that you can buy in the shop, cheese strings, Lolo, those kind of things, Charleville cheddar, uh, those brands come with it. So it's thought that this business has a, a pretty healthy profit margin in it of maybe 8 to 10%, which would be attractive for farmers in terms of um, been able to pay themselves a better milk price if they sort of take control of this entity.
Lorcan Allen, the agribusiness editor of the Irish Farmers Journal. The government's COVID-19 credit guarantee scheme is available to boost local SME and agri-community lending business sectors in the North Cork, West Limerick, which have been identified as in particular need of support, including agribusiness, retail, manufacturing and IT, to name a few. Mallow Credit Union has been announced among seven of Ireland's largest credit unions, which have been approved as lenders under the CCGS. As you've heard, agribusiness is one of the sectors identified to be in need of support. Chief Executive of Mallow Credit Union, Tomás O'Neill, has been explaining how the scheme works and how to avail of it. Well, given the fact that we're we're now in the third lockdown and you have a lot of businesses have, you know, have been opening for short periods of time and shutting down, I think, yeah, definitely it's something that will be needed and it's it's vital for local communities to to keep going. This scheme will be, uh, it's, it's, mainly aimed at, uh, you know, small to, to medium-sized enterprises and even in, in relation to the agri-sector as well. So any, any business that is, is uh, under difficulty, we're, we're there to, to assist. To qualify for the scheme, um, a business's turnover or profit has had to have dropped by at least 15% due to COVID. Uh, you don't have to be a member to apply for, to, to apply for a loan. And um, loans can range from between 10,000 to 1 million. Um, 80% of the loan is, is guaranteed under the scheme and uh, with monthly repayments and the uh, terms uh, range from three months to five and a half years. Uh, currently the scheme runs until the 30th of June uh, this year. Mallow covers um, large parts of North Cork and West Limerick and um, we think that we're best positioned and the uh, same with Synergy in that we're, we're embedded in the local community. Uh, Mallow itself has eight branches um, and you know we know we know our lo- local community and again we're aware that our members uh, work and run and, and live in the area and you know, they work and run and businesses are in the area so therefore um, you know we're there to support them and again decisions will be made locally uh, with regard you know with regard to the application so we are aware of our you know of our of our members uh, situations Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell-Oak, gave a brief update this week on the dominant issues relating to farming at this time. He was speaking at the online ceremony to announce the Grassland Farmer of the Year Awards, which we'll be hearing more about in just a little while. 2020 was a difficult and worrying year for farmers, not least from the challenges faced from COVID and Brexit. On Brexit, after what was a long and protracted negotiation process, I'm delighted the EU and UK signed a free trade agreement on Christmas Eve. The free trade agreement is of huge benefit to our farmers and wider agri-sector, primarily in the avoidance of what would have been very damaging tariffs in the event of a no deal. The potential for tariffs of up to £1.5 on agri-food trade between Ireland and Great Britain had been a shared concern for me as Minister and for stakeholders right across the agri-food sector. So it is welcome that such an outcome has been avoided. Since the start of the pandemic, the agri-food sector, which is critical to maintaining food supply chains, from farm inputs to retail distribution, has demonstrated its resilience. Activity within the sector was deemed essential and there was very little disruption to national production. Our farmers, fishers, drinks manufacturers and processors ensured that our shelves were stocked and food kept on our kitchen tables. We cannot take this success for granted. It was a remarkable achievement given all the disruption we experienced. I thank you all for the continued efforts in this regard. The Minister admitted that he's not happy that Ireland faces a bigger impact on national fishing quotas than other EU countries as a result of Brexit. Charlie McConnell told the Oireachtas Agricultural Committee hearing that Ireland's facing a 15% reduction on the number of fish it's allowed to catch between now and 2026. 
Fishing groups say they feel let down by the EU's deal with the UK on fisheries. Minister McConnell Oge acknowledged it's a significant hit for them to take compared with other countries in the EU bloc. Next on the programme, we turn our attention to the Grassland Farmer of the Year Awards 2020. The awards are supported by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine with an overall prize fund of €30,000. Winners were announced as part of an online awards ceremony on Tuesday, January 19th. More on the award winners shortly and we'll hear from the overall winner of the 2020 award. The Grassland Farmer of the Year Awards part of the Tiagas Grass 10 campaign, which is supported by the department, Tiagas, AIB, FBD Insurance, Grassland Agro and the Irish Farmers Journal. The first four-year phase of the programme has been completed and the second phase begins in 2021. It was an opportunity for Chagas Director Professor Jerry Boyle to explain how the Grass 10 programme has been working. Grass production, as this uh, report sets out very clearly, is key to Ireland's comparative advantage as a food exporter. And one key message that jumps out of this report, I think, uh, really emphasises the importance of good grassland management from a cost-competitiveness point of view. And that is that every extra tonne of grass that's utilised per hectare is worth €173 per hectare uh, on a dairy farm and in excess of €100 per hectare on a dry stock farm. And to emphasise the critical financial benefits of good grassland management, Another point that comes out of this report is those farmers that participated in the grass management training courses were able to achieve an additional 1.8 tonnes per hectare of grass utilisation on their farms. And that is worth substantial additional margin to those farms. And I would like to also emphasise, of course, that at the core of the Grass 10 programme is Pasture Base Ireland. And it's important that to understand that this is a component part of Chagas's advisory services. If you subscribe to Chagas as a farmer client, you're entitled to enrol on Pasture Base Ireland, and there is no additional charge. For that, you can access an entire network of advisory research and peer farmer supports. There have been a number number of developments since the establishment of the Grass 10 programme that are worth mentioning. Pasture Base Ireland now has a fantastic data hub for key information to enable better decision-making on farms. We now have milk data that's assembled from over 13 co-ops. We have fertilizer information and soil fertility data. We've also developed a Pasture Base Ireland app, which facilitates flexible and responsive, responsive delivery of key advisory messages. And that was never more evident than in the 2018 drought. I'm convinced in time that Pasture Base Ireland, and indeed the app, will enable data-driven advice that will allow remote um, consultations between the farmer and advisor, never more important than in the current COVID climate. We've also, of course, developed 
a very a highly innovative tool to enable grass growth prediction. And this is unique Ireland-France partnership. The programme is a pilot one at present, but it forms the basis of the grass prediction forecasts that are published by Metairn every Sunday. And our plan is to extend that facility to enable farmers to predict grass growth on their own, on their own farms over the next couple of years. In conclusion, I'd like to draw your attention to the fact that we had last year about 3,670 farms using Pasture Base Ireland, and they averaged about 19 grass covers measurements per year. This was a big increase on the first year of Grass 10. And of course, it's a very welcome increase. However, it's fair to say that we would like to see those numbers significantly increased over the next four years, and particularly on dry stock farms, where there are substantial profits to be generated and achieved by using optimal grassland management. And the other point I think that's important to emphasize as we look to the future is that we're going to have to produce additional grass using much lower levels of chemical nitrogen if we are to combat the environmental challenges that we face. And we can do that, of course, by increasing our use of clover and by improving nitrogen use efficiency through enhancing soil fertility and through using uh, less technologies and ensuring that our lime status is adequate. Tagus Director Professor Jerry Boyle explaining how the Grass 10 programme has been working. And so too, the Grassland Farmer of the Year Awards 2020, recognising the best in grassland management, and for which there were 15 finalists. The Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell, praised the finalists, rejoining a group of top-class grassland farmers. And Cork was well represented among the finalists, with John O'Connell, Rat Duff, John Galvin, Dunmanwe, Caroline Walsh, Ballinascarthy, Pat Collins, Castle Martyr, and Noel Hurley, Kildowery. And category winners included John Galvin for Sustainable Farming, Caroline Walsh Dairy, Pat Collins, Beef Production Non-Suckling, and Noel Hurley, Most Improved Grassland. But it was left to Chagas chairman Liam Hurley to announce the overall winner of the Grassland Farmer of the Year 2020. My present duty is to announce the Grass 10 overall winner 2020. And the winner is... Caroline Walsh from Ballinascarty in West Cork. Well done, Caroline. Thank you very much. What I have here from John is a cheque of €6,000. Congratulations. Well done. Well earned. We're so proud of you. But for the purpose of this morning, this is an incredible achievement, uh, Caroline. Tell us for a moment, what does grass tin mean to you? What are the key highlights? I suppose as a small fragmented farmer in West Cork, um, our land base is tight. Uh, there's five children, uh, so time is tight. Um, my husband's a contractor, so everything has to run efficiently. So if I can measure grass, I know exactly. I can put up wires for four or five days beforehand. Uh, I know that the cows are fed efficiently, and it just seems to make our life easier here in the farm. And by the way, I was reading about you at the back end of last year. I do know that you won the um, Sustainability Award 
um, organised by Carberry, and I do know that uh, it's something that's very important, uh, running a dairy herd on, with very high stock and density on the grazing platform. What were the key highlights that awarded you that sustainability award? I think it was uh, the ability to grow grass and less concentrates being fed per head per cow. So I suppose our profit margin was good. Um, all the land was highly utilised and the, the cows uh, were very proud of the cows that we have. We're a family-run farm and I think Carberry likes to have that picture going forward. So winning the West Cork Sustainability Award, I would regard that as in football parlance as a kind of the uh, West Cork Regional Final. Now you won the All-Ireland, you're bringing the Sam Maguire to Balanscarte. What will be the key highlights for you? What will it do different or extra for 2021? I suppose I'll have to stay grass measuring anyway, <laughs> which will keep me busy every week. Uh, the children are nearly trained up on it. I think uh, one thing is these competitions are great to show the children that there are things that you can achieve out of your work and your job that you're passionate about and show that there is a future and, I, I don't know, if you can be happy at it. And heartiest congratulations to Caroline and all of the Cork finalists on their success in that competition. Now, the judging panel for the Grassland Farmer of the Year competition were John Barr of Chagas Grass 10, Liz Highland, Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Brian Ducey, AIB, PJ O'Connor, Grassland Agro, Aidan Brennan, Irish Farmers Journal, and Kieran Roach, FBD Insurance. While on the subject of congratulations on recent successes, Farm Talk has learned this week of further honours which were garnered by Cork students at the BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition. We heard last week from Cahill O'Sullivan, a student in Castletown Bear, who won the ABP Farm Safety Award. Well done also to Kian Walsh, a transition year student at St. Brogan's College, Bandon, who won the Tiagask Award. Kian's project looked at the social, economic and environmental benefits and drawbacks of growing hemp. Angus Price from Kinsale Community School won the Eli Lilly Award for his project, investigating if casein-based plastics are a viable, sustainable and eco-friendly alternative to oil-based plastics. Well done to Jack Quirk at Cloche de Trasse Cantorque, overall individual runner-up with this project, investigating possible vegetable oil toxicity. Isabel and Ava Hines won the overall group runner-up award with their project to investigate elements informing young people's attitudes towards COVID-19. And Sarah Humphreys, Cloche de Trasse Cantorque, was highly commended for her investigation into the ability of different pasture swards to sequester carbon. Writing in the January 2021 issue of the Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine on the topic of feeding your dry cows at the point of calving, Mr. Lee Mustack, ruminant technical manager, Dairy Gold Agribusiness, reveals that the most stressful time for your cow is around calving, with over 50% of dairy cows' metabolic problems occurring within three weeks of calving. In the last month before calving, the growing calf's energy requirements peak while the cow's intake starts to drop. The key goal of the farmer in the month of January should be to meet the energy requirements of the cow and growing calf. Liam Stack warns that failure to meet your cow's energy requirements at calving will lead to ketosis before and after calving, milk fevers, retained cleansing, 
poor immune function, i.e. SEC, somatic cell count, after calving, poor milk volume at calving, poor colostrum quality for your newborn calves. In his feature on feeding your dry cows at point of calving, Leem analyses whether an all-grass silage diet would meet your cow's energy requirements leading up to calving, and also some other key points. Full details tabulated in the January 2021 issue of the Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD, has announced that Year 5 of the Sheep Welfare Scheme will start on 1st of February 2021. He points out existing participants in this scheme will be automatically enrolled in Year 5 and will not need to take any action should they wish to remain in the scheme. Applications for participation in the fifth year of the scheme are also now being accepted from new entrants to sheep farming. The Minister pointed out that the Sheep Welfare Scheme had been launched in December 2016 and provided invaluable support to farmers for undertaking actions which would make a positive contribution to sheep flock welfare. He was pleased to be able to secure €17 million Euro in funding in the Budget 2021 to process the extension of the scheme for a fifth year as we enter the transitionary period ahead of the introduction of the new CAP Common Agricultural Policy. Minister McConnell pointed out his department was currently issuing information packs to existing participants in the scheme containing the terms and conditions and action record books for year five of the scheme. Minister McConnell did point out, however, the extension of the scheme would require an amendment to Ireland's RDP Rural Development Programme, which will have to be notified to the European Commission. The Minister confirmed his department would be requesting a change to the reference period in the context of that modification and he hoped for approval from the European Commission. Minister McConnell urged all eligible new entrants to the sheep sector who wish to apply to take part in the scheme to return their forms by 1st of February 2021. Application forms are available by contacting the Sheep Welfare Scheme section of the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine by email at the following section, or lowercase, sheepscheme at agriculture.gov.ie. That's sheepscheme, one word, at agriculture.gov.ie. .gov.ie or by phoning the following number 076-106-4420. That's 076-106-4420. For the purposes of this scheme, a new entrant to sheep farming is defined as an applicant who has applied for a new herd number in the period 1st of January to 31st of December in the year preceding the scheme year, or an applicant with an existing herd number who has not held or traded in sheep for a two-year period up to 31st of October preceding the scheme year. In reaction, IFA Sheep Committee Chairman Mr Sean Dennehy has welcomed the move by the Minister for Agriculture to change the reference year for sheep farmers in the rolled-over sheep welfare scheme. He said this is a vital scheme for sheep farmers and it's crucial it would reflect the level of activity on farms by recognising progressive sheep farmers who have built their numbers since the original reference period of years 2014 to 2015 inclusive. Mr Dennehy said the IFA had made a very strong case to the Minister of Agriculture and the Department to have the reference period updated and the acceptance of this case by the Minister is a strong signal of support for the sheep sector and is very important in the context of generational renewal in sheep farming.
The IFA Sheep Committee Chairman Sean Dennehy said updating the reference period was an important first step in aligning the scheme more closely with the actual levels of activity on sheep farms and building towards a €30 Euro a yo scheme in the next cap, which would reflect in real terms the numbers of sheep which farmers have. Sean Dennehy reminded new entrants to have their applications in by Monday, February the 1st, 2021. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And Michael Connolly of Tagusk joins us to discuss sheep matters. The sheep census form due to be returned and it's also important in relation to what you've just heard there, sheep welfare scheme. Tagusk is running its virtual sheep conference across two evenings, Tuesday and Thursday, 26th and 28th of January. It features a strong lineup of Tagusk and international speakers who've been assembled for the two sessions. Michael Connolly has been telling me more about the virtual conference. For the lowland sheep farmers, it's replacing what would be the lowland sheep conference, which would normally be held maybe at two locations, north and south, annually at the end of January. So uh, next Tuesday and Thursday evening at 8 o'clock, that's the 26th and 28th of January, there'll be a virtual lowland sheep conference. And, um, you know, to register there, you, you just get on to the, there's a, an email address, www.tagish.ie backslash sheepcon. 21. Um, look, contact your office there if you have any queries about that. I suppose your local Tagish office in Cork. And um, the idea of these really, I think, in a way, it, it's nearly easier than attending a long conference of, of two or three hours. This this thing will last about 40 minutes, and there'll be 20 minutes allowed in for questions. And like any webinar, the questions can actually be put up in your in the chat box if people are familiar with webinars. And uh, the presentations, of course, can be seen visually as well from the comfort of your home. Look, it's 8 o'clock at night. The nights are still long. Next Tuesday and Thursday night, the 26th and 28th of January. So I think all sheep farmers really would benefit, or anyone with an interest in sheep, lowland sheep in particular, uh, would benefit from from registering to to attend these events. And what kind of topics would be dealt with there, Michael? The Tuesday night, the 26th of January, starting at 8 o'clock. The speakers are Nicola Featherstone, um, who's working for Tagish. Uh, it is an INSAC study comparing Irish and New Zealand genetics. And then Paul Kenyon on New Zealand guidelines for growing lambs to target live weights on herbage. They're the two speakers on the Tuesday night. On the Thursday night, then, the 28th of January, we have Anya O'Brien, Tagish, on mothering ability and viability in yews and lambs. Ben Strugnell, who's a vet, a veterinary consultant from the UK on laryngeal chondritis, which is also known as texel throat, uh, common and often in lowland sheep. And uh, as I said, now both webinars will start at 8, will run for 40 minutes, and there'll be 20 minutes for audience questions. Details will be available on tigers.ie closer to the time. And Michael, the sheep census form, where are we with that? This form arrived on farms in early December and it's something that, you know, it can get put away into a drawer and forgotten about because you can't complete the form until after the 31st of December. And, um, you know, with Christmas and everything else, it can just uh, out of sight, out of mind uh, kind of thing. You know, you can just forget about it. And it is very important for all sheep farmers to return this census form 
to the address there in Listolan County Kerry by the 31st of January. Really, they are, the department are looking for confirmation of your breeding your numbers, the number of rams and the number of other sheep you have on your in your flock on the 31st of December 2020. This form should be completed accurately and a copy kept and of course the form should be posted by a registered post keep the, the the registered receipt because if there was any issue afterwards about the department not receiving it you need that as proof now the form can be submitted online as well if, if farmers are registered with ag food and this can be done until mid-february but i i know most farmers would be submitting this form still by paper so very important to get that form completed uh, and on to the department as soon as possible. If you're having any issues with it, contact your, your Tigers advisor uh, for a bit of help, maybe. Very important form, especially for farmers with sheep only, because it's the proof that you have the stock, and it's, to collect your area-based payment, your ANC payment, um, you'll that's the proof uh, of your stocking rate, really, from, from the department's point of view. And also in relation to the sheep welfare scheme, which is important to remember, it has been extended again for people that are in that scheme for another 12 months to the end of 21. You know that you need, again, to get that census form in to be eligible and you need to have the number of yours that you that you applied on. Michael Connolly there of Tagusk. ICSA President Edmund Phelan has welcomed the announcement of a micro-generation support scheme but said it must benefit cattle and sheep farmers if the government is serious about renewable energy. ICSA will be insisting a micro-generation scheme must allow cattle and sheep farmers in particular to utilise significant roof space on sheds for solar power. Consultation documents, although allowing for selling surplus power to the grid, seem to suggest that farmers making a return on capital invested is not desirable. Edmund Phelan asks why farmers shouldn't generate revenue if they undertake a substantial investment. Farm diversification is the establishment of a new enterprise on a farm usually used when considering a non-agricultural or novel enterprise. Many farmers and rural dwellers are interested in diversifying their farm enterprise and there are countless possibilities. Tiagosk has produced a comprehensive body of information to help anyone interested in trying to identify a realistic option that suits them for generating additional household income. Tagish run a weekly webinar every Tuesday at 11am called Farm Business Options, which provides detailed case studies from around Ireland. Past and future Farm Business Option webinars can be visited at chagask.ie forward slash farm business options. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. IFA has announced it's to hold four regional meetings to discuss and update members on all the key farming issues and the common agricultural policy. Munster will hold its meeting on Monday. IFA President Tim Cullinan says they'll provide an opportunity to present members with updates on IFA campaigns. Tyke Buckley, IFA Director of Policy, will give a presentation on CAP, after which there'll be a discussion on this and the key farming issues. Meetings run between 7.30 and 9.30pm. The Irish Natura and Hill Farmers Association has called on board BIA to honour the agreement reached at last October's Beef Task Force meeting to include the term naturally reared in the promotion of suckler beef. National President Colm O'Donnell outlined how the organisation has for some time recognised the need to include the term naturally reared with suckler beef to provide a marketing distinction in the European and UK markets. He says this was included in their 10-point plan for the suckler industry, launched in July 2019 and subsequently accepted by all stakeholders on the Beef Task Force. Colm O'Donnell said it was disappointing that a recent survey by Bia on the suckler brand didn't reflect the change in narrative. He's calling for the words naturally rare to be included in all communication from Bia that refers to our suckler brand. Next on Farm Talk, we're looking at the issue of cryptosporidiosis prevention at calving. Farmers will be aware of the many factors which can kill the newborn calf if precautions aren't taken. One of the more serious threats is posed by a parasite which damages the intestine of the animal. John O'Connor joins me to discuss this and how it can be prevented. Cryptosporidiosis is caused by the Cryptosporidium parvum parasite. That's a parasite which causes damage to the gut lining of the calf. Infections are usually seen in the second week of life, though infections can start earlier. And John, specifically, how does the parvum parasite actually damage the gut of the newborn calf? Cryptoparvum, for short, damages the intestines by weakening the cells in the gut lining, making it easier for other infections to enter into the bloodstream. It reduces the calf's ability to absorb nutrients too. This results in the calf having a weakened immune system and a reduced growth potential. Scar can cause dehydration in calves and death in extreme cases. In Ireland, 40% of calf deaths in the first six weeks are scar-related, with 38% of infectious calf scar cases coming from cryptosporidiosis. That's according to the Department of Agriculture figures 2017. And are antibiotics effective in the treatment of crypto? 
Antibiotics are ineffective and no vaccine exists against crypto. Therefore, prevention is more effective than cure. And when we say prevention is better than cure, is there an established crypto prevention strategy? Yes, there is, Mary. Mr. Finney and DC Dairy Gold, writing in this month's Milk Matters Dairy Gold Suppliers magazine, recommends calf plus calving area hygiene, adequate good quality colostrum, and boosting the calf's own immune system. Finian lists the products which should reduce the severity of infection in calves. Finian gives detailed instructions on how to utilise specific products which comprise the crypto prevention strategy. And that's all set out in great detail in the January 2021 Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine. Thanks, John. Well, January is slipping away and many farmers are gearing up for the approaching spring calving season. Many have already started. Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager John Valance joins me to discuss a few issues around calving. First of all, cows feeding requirements at this time. I think one thing the farmers really need to look at coming up to calving season is what what kind of feed is a cow going to need to keep her going after calving to produce milk and in turn get her back herself back in calf again. So like the farmers really need to look at the cow's requirements. So like in so in cock year the average cow is going to need six um, UFLs just from maintenance alone and 0.45 for every litre of milk after that. So what you're looking at providing for a cow milk in 25 litres of milk, she'll want someplace just over 18 UFLs to produce that milk and maintain her body condition. So it's very important that they feed an energy-dense diet in just after calving and to get her back going, give her enough energy for the milk and production, and then balance that diet to an overall percentage protein of about 16% of the overall diet protein. Um, so that's when you massively look into what's the quality of the silage. Have you got enough of this? Will the cow be capable of taking in enough silage, plus a bit of ration or whatever it's feeding, to make up that 18.5 UFLs to keep her going for the springtime? And looking at the minerals, what should farmers be feeding out before calving? All we do hope that any man calving sooner would already have started with minerals. Um, with a few weeks at least, it's very important that they keep a full rate of minerals in the dice. Um and keep calcium low coming up in the week near calving. So most of the minerals you buy nowadays are 120 grams a head a day. So keep that level up right up to calving. Very important to keep the minerals in. It helps retain cleaning. It gives the calf a good health, good start in life too. So it's very important to keep them. Um, a lot of young fresh silage cut, very young, might have a high potassium level. So they might need to look at the mineral analysis in their silage and balance that with maybe something like magnesium flakes or calcium flakes that will cancel out that, um, that high K level. So, look, it's very important if farmers do have mineral analysis done on their silage, contact their ASM or their advisor, whoever, and look down through that, and maybe the addition of magnesium flakes might be needed to stop the milk fever happening after calving. So there's a couple of things they might need to look at in terms of minerals in the dietary. And how important is it, John, in the transition diet for the lactation? The transition diet is very important to them, Barry, because they're going to be moving from a low plane nutrition to a higher plane nutrition. And what they need to look out for is that their intakes are going to be very low after calving. So if you take a high-yielding cow, she'll, pro- she'll produce roughly 80% of her peak within three to four weeks of calving, whereas her intakes will not match this or maybe for another five weeks after. So it is a very energy-dense diet, what they're going to need at in transition. So they're going to take in maybe 8 to 10 kilograms of dry, of dry matter each day. So this needs to be a very high energy in such a small intake. This will increase by throughout the transition, someplace around kind of 
0.75 one kilo dry matter a week until they hit week 12 where their their yield is in or their intake and yield will both kind of peak roughly together um their average cow around berry is going to peak, her maximum intake will be about 18 and a half kilos of dry matter so that's very important that you're not even though the, the diet you might have done up might balance them enough in terms of energy but just might not be able to eat enough of it to get them over um because but then definitely don't overload the transition diet with too much high starches, wheat, beef, maize, that kind of stuff. Keep it, keep the starch level at a correct, especially in transition diet. Um, it's right at that time you're not not upset so much too much. And I suppose the cows will they lose a bit of condition in the springtime after calving, which is kind of acceptable because, like I said, their intake isn't going to match production for a while, so. Any sort of half a unit of body condition would be an acceptable, acceptable loss, like. But if you just look at their, the cow's requirements, if you only meet 90% of her requirement, she will drop one body condition score in less than three months. So that's why it's so high, like it's only, it's only a short deficit, but they can have a large effect when it comes to breeding and getting her back in calf. She'll be too thin, she won't go back in calf. So just vital to watch out the energy balance on the transition diet. Thanks for that, John. John Valence, Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager. A reminder has been issued by the department regarding the closing date for the €1 million Euro call for proposals for innovative farm health, safety and well-being projects. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, with responsibility for farm safety, Martin Hayden TD, has reminded interested parties that the closing date for a seat of Stage 1 applications under the Farm Health, Safety and Wellbeing EIP is 29th of January 2021. Stage 1 of the EIP call for proposals on farm health, safety and well-being, was launched in December 2020, with a closing date of Friday 29th of January 2021. At Stage 1, a short application form is required, which sets out the main elements of a proposed project. All forms and guidance notes are available at the Department's website. Minister Hayden reminded all those interested in bringing forward their plans and ideas that the closing date for a seat of Stage 1 applications was midnight, 29th of January 2021. All proposals will be welcome, and he would urge all interested parties to submit their ideas as soon as possible, but certainly before the closing date of Friday, 29th of January 2021, midnight, 29th of January. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with John O'Connor with Dairy Gold Heifer Rear Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. 
this Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code MOM.